2: Hello friends, welcome to this tradition unlike any...
0: Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was (laughs) mashed.
1: What is up everybody? Welcome in to this episode of Big Drive Energy brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. I am your host at Big Drive Spence here with my brother, buddy, golf friend, sometimes asshole, Big Drive Mitch at Mitchell Smith. What's up, dude? What's happening, brother? Glad to see you. Glad to see you too. I love it. After a full day of work, you just got to stare at your face again on this uh, this Zoom. So we also have a a special... We also have a special guest today with us, our OG golf bro, um, kind of guided our first couple of podcasts with DNVR. You guys know him as RK, um, probably the guy I golf with the most now that we live in some, somewhat the same area. So, uh, welcome RK to the show. What's up, man? How are you?
2: I'm doing great. I was just kind of hoping you would say I'm also sometimes an asshole.
1: Uh, yeah, well we we don't we don't want to let everyone know that you know <laughs> we we kind of keep that on the DL
2: also live in somewhat the same area as in like somewhat the same side of our building
1: yeah exactly yeah it's like <laughs> i didn't i didn't want everybody knowing that we lived we'll, together, drop, you the know, ad- it- we'll drop the address in the comments
0: <laughs> <laughs> Come we'll dr- through. We'll drop,
1: we'll, we'll drop the apartment numbers
2: pool party uh, this weekend
1: yeah exactly <laughs> lit, lit pool for sure but uh All right, so today we're going to get into, we're going to talk about the uh, Women's Olympics, which finish up after our last recording of Big Drive Energy. Mitchell's going to give us some uh, info on who took home gold there. I know we tweeted it out from our account this week. Uh, And then we're going to get into the highs and lows of golf, just the highest scores we've ever seen, the highest scores we've ever made. And then we got a ton of submissions on Twitter, Discord, Facebook, all that stuff. So we'll go through some of those and discuss um, basically what that feels like and uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you out there listening, if you've played golf and even if you're good at golf, uh, it's not something that we any of us are, um, oh, I'm not thinking of the correct word right proud now. of, well, proud of is one of the words, but like immune to that's the word. I'm oh, for. Yeah. Nobody is immune to making a, a 12 <coughs> or a, a 15 on a hole. If you want to go 10 cup style and just keep hitting the shot and you have to actually finish the hole. We're not counting any X's here because there's plenty of those. I see those on the scorecards every week from our men's and women's league but and and plenty of 16s, um, but we're uh, we're going to get into the highs and then some of the lows. Harkin um, and I played in a scramble benefiting a great cause of the Alzheimer's Association on Tuesday over at Raccoon Creek, and we did have some string, but we went like silly low. It was like... It, we eagled, I think, five holes in a row. At some point, it was just, it was just dialed. We were dialed. We had Perna, who was worthless. Loved Brandon Perna, but absolutely worthless on the golf course. He <laughs> rolled in with a, <laughs> he rolled in with a rental set. Uh, if that gives anybody any idea <laughs> of how good he was, I think we used one of his shots all day. Uh, don't tell anyone from the course that though, because we were supposed to use two drives per nine from each player, one drive per nine, but you know, it just. Uh, so you need to file them. that under cheating. No, we didn't <laughs> know. We didn't know. Oh yeah. That's we fair. found that. We found that out afterwards, but we did use one of his shots um, and we almost used one of his drives, but then I bombed one like onto the green on a par four and we just couldn't,
2: couldn't get yeah. ourselves. Perna hits his shot of the day, smokes a drive right down the middle. is like a 310 yard hole. And he rolls up, like, 15 yards short of the green, and he's hyped. Spence just bombs one. His ball waves hello to Perna's ball and uh, drops 10 feet behind the hole and just stops. It was – Yeah,
0: yeah. when Spencer's hot, you got to ride him. He's like a horse.
2: I've, it was on. Are we getting into this now, or are we getting into this later? Yeah,
1: let's just start it. Let's start with the the real lows. Let's start with the lows of our. Let's talk about our forty six at Raccoon Creek. That's forty six and eighteen holes. That's yes. a lot lower than most people shoot on nine holes. So
2: uh, I just want to ask you guys because you guys see more scramble scores than I have. I've never even seen a scramble score that low let alone be a part of it and yes there was all sorts of little gimmicks that we got to use in our favor but there usually are i i've never seen below 50
1: yeah well yeah so i i mean we've seen a couple of in the 40s uh, um it, i think what what really does every, it in is the string yes. because the second you have string which we had fruit by the foot which is actually i thought a really cool idea um once you once you get rid of it you kind of eat it but yeah as far as the scramble goes we're usually right in the like 50 56 to 58 is winning it 55's like something right in that range is what usually wins just a generic 18 hole scramble i know at the valley of fun we're a not a tough golf course by any means whatsoever but we there's not a lot of twos on our golf course because with no string especially because the par 3s aren't easy I mean, if you're playing the blue tees, even four good players aren't going to hit it much inside, you know, 10 feet, 12 feet, 15 feet on any of the par threes if the pins are, you know, not in the easiest position. So we're usually seeing right around 55, 56, but uh string can definitely get get you down there into the 40s. We've seen a few in the 40s, but I think the thing I love about seeing a scramble score in the 40s is just you know that everyone else in the group that didn't shoot in the 40s is like first of all they think we're cheaters or think they're cheaters right you always get that but you also get people that just flat out don't believe it and they because they don't understand how string works and that's that's got to be the main key of it is just understanding how the use of string you know mulligans mulligans are great obviously they help if if you don't have one in play off a T box out of four players, which is pr- fairly rare, depending upon who you're playing with. But the string, if used correctly, like we did, it just absolutely destroys the field and destroys the strokes.
2: Yeah. And they gave us the opportunity to have way too much string. Um, and I think the string is fun. It definitely creates lower scores. Um, but like we talked about for uh, the DN, the, cl- the kickoff classic um, in September, like I, it, it doesn't force you to, to like make great shots. You know what I mean? Like to win a scramble, even though it's an easier format, you know, going into that day, we're going to have to make some putts when there's string again, it's fun, but you don't actually have to make anything. Like I, I, usually when, when good golfers miss a putt, it's within a foot. And if you have string, you can just use that all day. So um it was fun but i just have to say like we were dialed on like a, a whole other level like first of all spencer like you said mitch when he gets hot you just hop on and and enjoy the ride we were originally doing like a um match where whoever's shots we use the most out of uh each hole so it was like um Spencer and Perna were a team and me and Rudo were going a team and we were going to keep track of it. And then at one point, Spencer strung together like eight straight of holes of just them winning. Every, <laughs> he just hit every shot. So we just stopped counting after that. Um, but it was it was so fun. And like you said, the course was perfectly laid out for this. Like there was like you said, we made five straight Eagles at one point because it was like a par three where we had a little like game where if you got it within five steps or something, you could count it as a hole in one. Then the next one was a short par four, we drove the green. The next one was a par five. We made the we made the three. And it was just like the course was set up to score. And it was just it was so fun because even when Spencer wasn't dialed, it just happened to be the the one time Rudo would just hit like a great shot in tight. And it was like a nice little nice little ham and egg there from us. So probably the most yeah. fun I've had at a scramble because of how low we went and how we were just all just making making plays when we had to.
0: Yeah, a 46 is pretty insane. I mean, obviously, like you said, string being involved, if you have six tap-ins that are six inches or less, you have four feet of string, you know, that, that can definitely change the game. But at the same time, I mean, you still got to hit the shots. You still got to get the, the putts close. <laughs> it definitely just changes the scoring a little bit when you get to the string aspect. But I will say the lowest, um, straight up just four person scramble I've ever seen was when I was down in Florida, we were having uh, at the junior rider cup Academy. There was like a get to know each other day where we just got paired randomly with four players and we played a scramble and there was obviously a lot of good players down there, but, uh, Doug Gim was on one of the scramble. He was playing in it. He was on one of the scramble teams, and his team shot 48 um, just straight up with four Eagles on the par fives. Or I'm sorry, what? So it'd be eight. Yeah. So four Eagles and uh, 14 birdies, I want to say. So, or I'm sorry, six Eagles. If it was, yeah, it was a par 72. So six Eagles and the rest birdies. Yeah, 12 birdies and six eagles. So, and that was no string, no nothing. Playing a legitimately tough golf course down in Florida, uh, not uh, PGA headquarters. And I was like, holy shit, dude, this. I mean, you could just tell the kid was built different right off the bat. And I'm pretty sure they probably used about half his shots because he was 16 and already hitting it 310 plus at sea level. So uh, that was the first time where I was like, damn, 48 legit in a scramble is pretty fucking low
2: yeah that's shockingly low and i was actually gonna ask you guys that if they took the top four golfers in the world i don't know exactly what the rankings are right now and put them out at raccoon creek yesterday with no strings no mulligans what do you think they would they would shoot
0: i i'd have to guess about around what you guys shot
2: i was gonna say i'd probably say of like where they could have picked up strokes on us
0: yeah, I mean, they're, they're basically going to birdie every single hole. And anything that's yeah. drivable, I bet they eagle it. So, I mean, any par fives, they're going an to eagle. Any drivable fours, any um, – I mean, maybe they toss in a hole in one at some point. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's it. just – if they're all on, I bet they could shoot in the mid to high 40s for sure.
1: Yeah, I think even at a legitimately tough golf course – you put four of the best players in the world out there and you give them four chances at a, you know, a long drive and hitting it in the fairway. Cause I think that's a a lot of, a lot of what we see even with the long hitters is the fairway accuracy is huge. And then it kills your second shot, which then makes you have a longer putt. Like if these guys have wedges in their hands on every every par four and there's four of them, even if there was two of them, even two pros in a scramble, like you're, uh, maybe maybe three, even three pros in a scramble, just hitting three shots. I think I think in the 40s is is a relatively normal number for them if they were just just scramble it out and they were actually grinding and cared about it.
2: The other thing is they have such a leg up on us when it comes to evaluating the lie, the wind, the way the green is sloped, everything. Like they, when they're hitting from 100 yards out every single time. They're probably putting one of them is going inside five feet every time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no question about that. And there's just so many other outside factors. Like, I mean, in the shark shootout that they play down in Florida in the fall, usually um, they play uh, scramble one of the days. And I think both pro, or I mean, it's a two man scramble one day. And I, I want to say the scores are usually in the mid to high 50s to, I mean, a high score for them is, like, low 60s on a two-person scramble for two tour guys on a tour-caliber golf course. So, between two guys, they're probably making 12 to 14 birdies. So, you got to think. I mean, yep. obviously, there's a ceiling to it. You can only go so low unless you're making hole-in-ones and, you know, a bunch of eagles and all that. But they go stupid low even when it's just two of them.
2: Yeah, and that that led me to say, like – Why is this not a TV event? Because I I feel like we've seen in golf the last year or so people are interested in these different formats, like with the match and stuff. I think if you let PGA pros put together their own teams and put, put on a scramble with like a million dollar purse, just on a, on one of the like weekends before the actual golf season starts, I feel like one, it would make for great TV and two, it would just be super fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I feel like golf in general, uh, I think they're they're moving slowly towards that. And I do think that I think that'd be a great idea, even, you know, get like two pros and like their two caddies and do like a four person scramble, just something to uh, invite basically more of a relaxed game into the PGA Tour. And I feel like they're all up. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like they're starting that because they had to like the match was like one thing that they could actually put on when it first started last year. And the TV ratings were through the roof. And I feel like golf is slowly starting to see that people like normal, like how many people have you met? And, and you have a lot of like golf friends. We have a lot of golf friends, especially our age. How many people have you met where you're like, oh, you like golf? Cool. Yeah. I like Like, do you watch it? No, like you get that answer nine times out of 10. Nobody's sitting at home, especially once fall rolls around on their couch on a Sunday watching golf, you know, and it it sucks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And the other thing is, do you have anyone who likes golf that doesn't love a scramble?
1: No, absolutely not. I was so hyped to wake up and play a scramble because I was like, guess what? If I don't hit a good shot, I just hope three other guys do, and I get another crack at it from hopefully the middle of the fairway or the, barely into the rough instead of into the weeds where I just blew one. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and I, I will I will say this too. I mean, pay-per-view is honestly not a bad way to go. They've got these guys that if you can put it together and, and get a network to stream it, then why not put together more pay-per-view style stuff or not even necessarily pay-per-view, but get – uh, like Fox on board or get CBS on board or whoever with their, their national presence and just put together a match and go to the course get a, a crew. I mean, it, I'm making it sound easier than it actually is, but it's very doable. And I think one of the most attractive things too, about even, not even if it was PJ tour pros, but like Spencer said, like players with their caddies, I think an average player also playing is very attractive to your average golfer, yeah. like when everybody was tweeting about how the Olympics should have some average person come play or come participate just to show everyone how tough it actually is. Like I think when people watched Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, half of them love their their bad shots more than they love their good shots. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It's a it's very relevant to other golfers to not just watch somebody hit every fairway, every green, make every putt. They want to see the bad shots. They want to see the other golfers are human. So I think that the mixture of really good and really bad is is a good thing for golf because it, it's like anything else. You there there's the not top 10 and there's the top 10, you know what I mean? There's nothing nobody cares about average or in between. You either got to be real bad or real good to get eyeballs on you.
1: Yeah. And well, that,
0: the, oh, go ahead. Right.
2: I was just saying that plays well into what we were talking about earlier, Spencer, with, we talked about the lows of the scramble and the highs, like the, you know, the videos of when professional golfers screw up, everyone loves those.
1: Oh yeah. That, that leads us right into um, basically this weekend. Uh, See who Kim made now on, he's now the record holder for the highest score on a par three. He recorded a 13 and Uh, When we get into some of our like listener submissions about what they made, like a lot of the times, I mean, these are still bad. Don't, I'm not giving them, I'm not giving anyone credit for making a 16. It's hilarious. It's awesome. And I'm glad people did it. So we have stuff to read on Twitter, but the 90% of the time when you see this, it's like a par five, a lot of water um, bunkers, you know, maybe some areas you can get in real trouble in, but to do it on a par three over the water is for a pga tour pro is absolutely hilarious to me and when i saw this is kind of what got is got me thinking about basically how how does this happen so Siwoo kim's if you guys didn't see it he hit uh five shots into the water and it was the highest score recorded on tour since 1983 at tpc southwind on the 11th hole um and the best part about it is is sometimes it's like, okay, you hit two shots in the water and then you try to figure it out and you go around and then you you don't end up making this, but five consecutive shots straight into the water is just like, it's a complete mental lapse. Um, but it's also just from a guy that hits so many great golf shots all the time. And has been like contending at a lot of professional golf tournaments this year. Um, he, (laughs) it, <laughs> i just don't i guess i don't get it i i mean i've made probably a 12 before or a 13 before but that's me being a 15 year old idiot high school golfer who thinks he can hit it you know hits it out of bounds a few times or just can't finish the slice um and i think the greatest part about this is he ends up um he finishes last in the tournament but he ends up uh, birdying three of the last four holes and birdied the hole right after it. So it's just like the contrast of golf and, and even in players that aren't good. Like I was talking to some guys today at the shop and uh, there's this lady in our women's league who I'm not going to mention, but she is not good. And if you know, like 16, 17, 18 at spring Valley is a par five with a lot of out of bounds and like the lead the most hated hole. Um, as my uh, fiance, Kylie said, she's, she said, I won't even start with number 16. She doesn't even like teeing off on it. There's houses all right out of bounds. There's hazard all left and just heavy weeds. And then 17 is a short par three and then 18's another par five with that super long, especially for ladies. And she went, uh, I recorded the score this week and I actually took a picture of it. She went 14 on, on 16, took a two deuce, like a birdie on 17 <laughs> and then finished with a 12. So she was a a combined, uh, what is that, 16, 15 over in three holes with a birdie. So it's just crazy.
2: Yeah, it's funny about uh, 16. A lot of people don't like that
1: hole. I love that hole. Oh, I do too. I do too. (laughs) Absolutely. I think once, if you hit a good drive, you're like licking your chops with like eight, seven, eight, nine iron in your hand, depending upon the wind that day. But Who the it's hell just, are you? Seven, eight, nine iron, Jesus! It just depends upon. <laughs> I the usually way. have like four iron or hybrid, but I mean,
0: last, I I'm usually in the fairway. Spencer's not, so they
2: last time I played, they had the uh, we were playing one up from the tips, and they had them up by the white tees. Oh and my
0: God! It's a pitching putt.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say we we all had wedges in.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's no longer a part five at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, sixteen's a tough one. I actually one of the craziest scorecards I've seen out at the Valley of Fun in our men's league was a, a dude who um he he actually ended up making like three or four hundred dollars in skins. He made uh two birdie here he finished uh birdie eagle birdie. I think he had two. Uh, or three birdies and an eagle on the nine and he shot 48. Oh so my god! I was like, dude, and he's not a very good, um, like handicap wise, he's not great. I think he's like around a bogey golfer. So he actually played to his handicap, but I think he made double digits on one hole and then he made a legit eagle on 16, birdied 17 and birdied 18 and still shot a 48. I was like, dude, that I- How is this the correct scorecard? Am I looking at this right? Like I, I was just—it blew my mind. So.
1: Yeah, and then the I think the best flex of the weekend was uh, Kevin Na, who he he, so he's the one that posted on Instagram at Kevin Na nine fifteen, PGA at PGA Tour highest par three score ever thirteen today by at Siwoo Kim. And highest par four score ever by me, sixteen. Hashtag not a record to hold. Hashtag PGA Tour. We needed John Daly on this flight for the highest par five score. And I don't know if you guys remember the the par uh, the sixteen from Kevin Na was a couple years ago at the Valero Texas Open. And I was in
0: TPC San Antonio.
1: Yeah, it was. And I don't believe he actually lost a ball on that or hit one into a hazard. I think he if I remember correctly, I just remember it was on not top 10 as it should be. He had like, he was in like those foresty kind of Texas looking trees and absolutely just kept hacking at it until he, (laughs) until he got it out. It was one of the funniest things because like, like any of us, if we're not playing around we're we're trying, you know, we're either dropping after two or three shots out of that, or we're just picking up and taking an X. But these dudes like, I mean, if you're playing on Saturday, Sunday, you, you know, each swing is you're losing $10,000. So I don't know what sometimes what gets into people, they just want to like prove it to themselves. But I think the funniest part about that was, is I want to say his 14th shot finally got out of there and was still like 240 yards from the hole. And he like flags in like a wood to like eight feet and ends up making it for 16. <laughs> just the the overall overarching talent on one hole of making a 16 but hitting a shot that that wows people is is the talent that these guys have and uh so getting into that john daly basically i was doing some research on that and so this is in 1998 so we were all wee little tykes at this point um but it was on the so let's see here It was on the Bay at Bay Hill. It was on, uh, the par five, sixth hole. It's basically one of those holes where you can cut the, you, well, you think you can cut the entire par four into or par five into one shot. Um, but he did not do that. Basically he took, uh, seven shots off the tee finally dropped and hit a three wood. That was his 13th shot or 14th shot. Then he had still had a six iron into the green for 15, that bounces off a of rock, RK style, at at Raccoon <laughs> Creek, and then goes into the bunker, and he ends up making eighteen from there. So, but five consecutive shots in the water is straight up just tin cup. Like, I, I, you know, like you just think you got it, and you just don't have it that day. You just you, John. It's not John Daly
0: is John Daly is the ultimate king of not giving a fuck on the golf course, which I think hit all of our at one point in all of our lives we can definitely relate to. But there was actually another story I think that also made the not top 10 where John did end up taking an X. He was out at Whistling Straits for a senior PGA championship, I want to say three between three and five years ago. It was a little while ago. But he was so fed up. Spencer, uh, you well, I'm going to give you some credit here because you've played Whistling Straits. What is the part? Th- the iconic part three with the water on the right. Seven shipwreck. Okay, seven. I'm almost positive. John Daly got so fed up that he dropped every single ball and hit it off the tee straight into the water, <laughs> so he could run out of balls and DQ himself.
2: Oh my god! So, so, so that is like
0: the yeah. That is just. The ultimate X, I think he had eight, nine, 10 balls and he just kept dropping another one, aiming right in for the water, just pumping and pumping and pumping him. And then I want to say he threw his club in the water also. Those could be two separate occasions, but I think overall it was uh, pretty much the same idea. I think he's done that multiple times, but that is just the ultimate get me off the golf course move. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've had if, – if we're talking about the subject of like you're playing bad and want to get off the course, there is one time my senior year where I was shooting – like my scoring average between – was between 72 and 73. I was playing very well so far that year. And we were playing out in the middle of nowhere, like out in fucking Lyman or Sterling or I don't know where for some unbeknownst reason. I was already pissed off about that. We were playing some nine-hole goat ranch. And I was like, what am I doing out here? And so I, I like double bogey the first hole. And then I bogey the second hole. Par the, I was basically like three over, four over after four, something like that. And so I wasn't happy to begin with. I was like, how am I ever going to financially recover from this Joe Exotic style? I was like, I'm never going to recover. <laughs> and so I'm walking down the fifth hole and I'm walking through the native. And I like turn my ankle in like a vol hole. Mm. And I like go down. I just... <laughs> Like the Kool-Aid man, like a fucking ton of bricks. I just dropped to the ground. I was like, I can't keep going. And I I just withdrew. I texted my coach. I was like, pick me up. I'm laying in the dirt on five. Like I just drew it out for all it was worth. I acted like, oh my God, I flopped my ass off. And then we immediately got back to the clubhouse. I was like, I'm going to go practice my putting. And I was just standing on the, the putting green practicing for two hours while everybody finished the round. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's one of those days where I was like, I'm not finishing this. Like, I'm not going to swallow this 80 on this goat ranch. I'm going to get <laughs> off the golf course, go in and eat some lunch and, and go putt a little bit. So that that's not one of my proud moments, but I'm not going to lie. I, I totally flopped the shit out of it trying, just trying to get off the course.
2: I was going to say, I don't necessarily remember. So, like, talking about the highs and lows, I don't remember, like, any score I've had over eight and I'm 99% sure that's because I just have erased them all from my memory. Like, I, I really racked my brain today. And early on in my competitive golf career, I made some really high scores. So I know I must have – I mean, maybe it was just <laughs> several eights in one day. But I will say I remember my worst round ever, and especially competitively. It was a C, what is it? CJGA event. And it was at, um, is it called King's Deer?
1: Yeah.
0: Got yeah. A, a monument.
2: Yes. And the, the wind was absolutely howling that day. And anyone who knows me knows I don't, I don't do well in conditions in golf. I just, I, I, I don't persevere. Um, and Four so I soft. Absolutely. When it comes to golf, <laughs> I am soft as shit. Um, and I just like my my all of my drives were just ballooning like balloon slices that were just going like hundreds of yards away from the fairway. And I, I just <laughs> hacked my way through the whole course, literally just miserably. I should have found a mole hole and turned an ankle on like the sixth, But instead, I turned in a I turned in a 116 that day. Oh, and that's I, a tough
0: pill to swallow.
2: Like, and then on top of that, I had like a wind burn on my face, and like I was so mad. I remember my You're just mom battered. Yeah, my mom picked me up from the course, and I just didn't say a word on the way home. I was just like, I don't want to talk about it. Just sat there and sulked.
0: That's not a short drive from Boulder either. So to go down there and shoot that number, I can imagine I'd be, I'd be pretty frustrated myself. Um, It was so so
2: windy, though, that I legitimately at one point like full on pulled a chip, like just yanked it and the wind blew it all the way back to like inside two feet. I was just like, this is the dumbest thing
0: (laughs) that that course definitely sits in a spot that's pretty prone to some weather, Um, not unlike the Valley of Fun. Honestly, I mean, we have a little bit more tree cover, but they're kind of in a similar um setting kind of sitting down in a little valley out in the middle of nothing and they have like zero trees out there so i could see how it would blow like 50 60 miles an hour out there for sure it was so bad i was so mad
1: well th- thinking of reminding you hitting all those drives like all the way to the right that reminded me of just the fucking funniest round i ever played with mitchell on my bag at common ground it was like a qualifier for something and i'd been grinding like practicing like are getting ready for this qualifier i think it's the colorado pga like whatever qualifier and i'm not joking you when i said that we were in the weeds every single hole at that course in that thick ass shit because i every drive i hit was like what you think is right and then another 50 to 60 yards right of that like on <laughs> on uh on eight uh nine i was close to like 17 that's how far right it was like it was over 18 no not 17 the par 3 16 or whatever that is and i was like over nine on 10 i was over into like the right side of of nine almost onto 11 t box like it was on, on one thing. he
0: aimed at the driving range and hit it in the <laughs> fucking right row i i've never seen a banana like that before in my life i I was like trying to fix his swing in the middle of the round and he could just not execute. And then I just started like talking shit to him, but you eventually get to the point where you just feel bad. Like you, I, I couldn't be like that big of a dick. Cause I just felt it in my heart for him. I mean, we are blood relatives. I was like, I can't, I can't talk any more shit to him. Like this is just flat out embarrassing. I'm done looking through the fucking weeds. My, my knees are bloodied. I look like I just got back from fighting in the war because Spencer can't keep in the fucking fairway.
1: <laughs> Dude, I I was literally like my grip was probably so strong that my left hand was turned upside down by the end of it because he kept <laughs> telling me to strengthen my grip so I didn't hit it right. And I was like, flex your
0: lead wrist, fucking strengthen your grip. Just quit doing what you're doing, do the opposite of what you're doing, and he he just kept doing it. There's nothing to fix it. No no, mid-round fix there.
1: No. So there, speaking there, of – oh, go ahead,
0: Dry.
2: Uh, I was just going to say uh, the, the most recent one that happened to me is I had a case of like the whole hooks uh, at Henry – the course that Henry's parents live on in Montana. We went up there, and I was so excited to play the course. But the whole course is lined by like forest. Like not even like trees. It's forest. So if you go in there you have no chance of finding it. Not to mention there was like seven holes with in course OB and I I must like I I don't even know what I made that day. I must have gone OB on all seven of those and hit into the in hit into the woods another dozen like or another five or six times and I was so like I was just beside myself but like not in like an angry way just like sat. i was just like i don't just rattled yeah like, i was you, like you i can't, can't even
0: comprehend like,
2: it i can't yeah. put it in play like i, I don't know what to say.
0: <laughs> everybody has those days that's for sure
1: well so Mitchell, you're talking about john daly being the the king of not giving a fuck on the golf course so why don't we talk about the king of sportsbooks and DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated number one sportsbook app and we all know this is coming right around the corner. It starts for all of us, I guess, if you will, the in our fandom, the day of the DNVR golf tournament. But college football season is right around the corner, and DraftKings, obviously, like it's fun to bet on baseball, basketball, these other sports, but football is the bread and butter of the betting world, and it always will be. And for starting, uh, start the uh, start of college football season, DraftKings is giving you the chance to win $200 in free bets instantly if you just bet $1 on a college football game. So I believe week zero is coming up pretty soon. Ride would know more exactly when that is, but. Yeah, last week of August. Yeah, we have a college football game this month in August and DraftKings is giving you the chance to get 200 to one odds on a $1 bet if you place any bet, winner, loser, like my bets on a college football game. So head over to that DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code DNVR when you sign up. Make sure you click the boost, and all you have to do is bet $1, turn it into $200 in free bets, and your football season is off and running with a fat DraftKings account where you can just go crazy, get in some parlays, get in some teasers, listen to DNVR Bets daily. They're on not even a heater anymore. They're just good at this point. They're just really good. So catch them over at DNVR Bets. But DraftKings is the one we all use, we're all into it. So use that promo code DNVR, get over there and get 200 to one odds on any bet you place in a college football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable and secure and it's right here in the United States. So it's easy to withdraw your money at the drop of a hat and pay your credit card bill off or head to the DNVR bar, whatever you wanna do. So download the top right of DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use that promo code DNVR and you're gonna receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet. For a limited time only, a DraftKings Sportsbook, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, and restrictions do apply. Apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call one 800 All right. So we've gotten our highs. We've gotten our lows. Let's well, go wait. to I, I, I'm
0: sorry. I just got to drop my my worst moment um, at Highland Hills. I made a 13. <laughs> on I want to say like the 16th hole out there. there's there there's a creek that runs all the way up the left and it I'll keep it short and sweet um there's native on unlike the right
1: this unlike this
0: hole apparently yeah no it was the longest hole of my life um I think I was already on like my 12th ball that day I was I remember vividly I was playing ram golf balls <laughs> like the the logo was just all fucked up like all crooked the line was I was like, and I remember thinking in my head, I was like, I don't deserve to play a better golf ball than this. So I'm just about to, like, finish for the day, and uh, so I pump one right into the native, and I'm like, oh, I'll play it smart and lay it up. And so I lay it up just, like, 80 yards short of the shit, and this is before I knew how to hit, like, less than a full shot of anything. And I think I hit, like, four into the water. Like, I had my fuck it moment. And just kept hitting him in the water, hitting, like just shit pumping him. And then finally, I blew one over the green, tipped it back on. I think it came out to like a 12 or 13. And I shot like a 112. First varsity tournament ever as a freshman. <laughs> and I definitely cried when I got home. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I The the waterworks are very real. So I assume
2: I, the worst part was like facing the other, like the upperclassmen on the team afterwards. Well, when Spencer was one of them,
0: yeah. <laughs> Spencer was one of them. I think he shot like, I think he shot like 75 or 76 that day. And I was like, Oh dude, sick. I shot 112. <laughs> <Like>, uh, <laughs> I was like, guys, I
1: keep telling you, my brother's going to be really good. He's, I promise. I, yeah, promise. I, I just had the ultimate bed bed wedding day of my career. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, the, the worst bed wedding day of my career wasn't necessarily a single hole, but that I can remember, But when I went to the PGM, I was a freshman, and I got paired with three seniors at Bear Dance for a fucking 27-holer. So we go out there for 18, we play 18 holes. Oh, didn't you just start shanking it? Dude, it was a full shank job at Bear Dance all day. I I shot 39 on the last nine, literally aiming dead left and just hitting these low (laughs) missile shanks down the fair. It was... And these three seniors, I did. I literally wanted to quit the PGM at that moment. They hate. They were like, one of them was the president. I'm like, why do we pair? All my friends are playing together, having a good time, sneaking shots on the course, and I'm out here with three seniors shanking it around to I think a 125. I want to say or 120. It was that bad. It was like I should have never played again after that. Realistically,
2: there's certain courses like like Spring Valley. If you don't have your best stuff, like you can get get away, and then like like work your way back with a nice approach or something because you hit a terrible drive bear dance. If you don't have it that day, you are in big trouble.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just true. It's like kind of like Henry's situation, but just for uh, you, you can't go in there and find it. And if you find it, you're not going to really be able to hit it. So you just got to go back to the spot. You just hit it and shank it over there again. <laughs> oh. Um, a couple so a couple of the submissions we got, thank you guys all for uh, replying to us on Twitter. So the first two I'm going to read here, are a couple of 12. So that's, that's rough writing that down. Sometimes it doesn't even fit in the box. If your handwriting is big enough. Uh, the first one's from Ryan Lassen at DD lookalike on Twitter. And it was, he said, he got a 12 the first time golfing with his boss on the second hole. He had to finish it. Just had a bad hole. His coworker complimented him for finishing the hole and posting the number. He said I'd like to think I'm a bit better than a 12, but I posted it anyways that boss that boss has also promoted me twice and I can just say that I bet you anything it's just some dude that's like hey now I got some guy that wants to play golf that I'm just gonna whoop his ass on the course (laughs) and take all his money I'm gonna keep this guy around uh, (laughs) and just keep whooping him on the course and then another another one from Nate Perry at Nathan P 2022 on Twitter this is the worst. So he was struggling during a high school tourney. His coach decided to walk along with him and give him some tips, help him settle down. And he proceeds to card at 12 on the next hole with only one lost ball. So that's a lot of either whiffs or misses or a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of bad shots going on if you're not losing golf balls. Cause that can, that can turn a whole score up real quick.
2: Yeah. And the funny thing about like, like I can't remember who it was. I saw a TikTok the other day from a tournament And I actually thought it might've been Siwoo Kim, but I don't know if it was him. So he had one of the ones where it was like a par five and the approach was, was you could either go around the water or go over it. And he was in the rough, just short of the water. And he hits the first one in the water. And I just know exactly what was going through his mind, which is like, okay, well now to post a, a good score on this hole, I have to knock this next one close. Well, he goes for it again, plunks it in the water again. And then at that point, you're like, okay, well, I have to get it this time. And so he ended up putting four consecutive ones in the water. And that's just like the worst feeling. When you've already put one in the water, you know, you like, you feel like you can hit that shot. So you want to do it again. And then the the further you dig yourself down in the hole, the harder it is to get yourself out of it.
0: Oh, 100%, dude. I, once you get into that hole, you're just grasping for straws and, it's just not a, a good place to be. You go down this mental uh, rabbit hole where you're you don't you're searching for anything. You have no idea what's going on. You're panicking. You're questioning all your life decisions. And there's really just no turning back. I mean, you've already put your foot in it. You might as well finish it off, right?
2: Can you imagine, too, like having the crowd there? As you hit the first one in the water, it's, oh, oh. Then the second one, oh, oh, like they just kept getting louder every single time he splashed one. Like, I can't even imagine what that feels like.
1: It would be great to see a like wasted management level crowd at, at, a, at a hole where something like that happened because they would be absolutely ruthless with you. And I think <laughs> they, even pros get to a point where, unless the dude's struggling to keep his tour card. Like, they think that shit's hilarious, too. Like, I mean, Siwoo Kim's on a private jet afterwards with Kevin not laughing about it, you know? Like, it's not... In the moment, he was even probably got to a point in that moment where he was just like, ah, you know, there's really nothing I can do here. I'm just going to keep going for it. I'm already out of the tournament. It's
2: so crazy, though, that it happened on a par three because that's one where it's just, like, you just have to hit one good iron shot. Like...
1: Yeah, yeah, like, I blame... I hit one in the water and the next one's bladed over the green where it's safe for sure. Or I take an <laughs> extra two clubs and just blast one over.
2: Yeah. Like to just keep going back to it and you just cannot like hit the shot you're trying to it has to be for a professional. I can't even imagine what that feels like.
0: I, I think it's more just stubborn than anything because obviously you know, it's not the club, but you think it's the club. It's like Costner tin cup on 18. He he's like, I know I can get it there. And it's like maybe you can one time out of ten, but just swallow it, take it, take one more club, and fucking move on to the next hole. Quit trying to put your foot in the ground. Like your golf is. I mean, we've talked about it a hundred times, but golf will humble you at one point, no matter what. And if you think you can beat golf, you're sorely mistaken. So just take your take your fucking six or whatever you want to make on the whole eat your humble pie and move on to the next you know it's it's not worth uh making a 15 over or a 13 i guess
1: yeah here here's another good one from uh michael colander who's actually been on our podcast one of our good buddies and uh caddy over at colorado golf club he took a nine on a par four which is pretty rough at least it's not double digits but it, he made birdie on six of the seven previous holes and then oh. and then slaps a nine in there I, I you're licking your chops thinking course record at that point and it's like and then it just immediately like you said humbles you in one one single hole <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded
2: me of Mitchell at Red Hawk
0: oh don't do that <laughs> don't do that uh, oh, I, don't start. With I that. don't want to t- Yeah, I don't want to talk about Red Hawk Ridge. That place is fucking easier than shit, Chris. If you're listening <laughs> to this, that I, I will have the course record one day at that golf course. Don't get me wrong, Chris uh, might have, not. He might not work there anymore, but I'll I'll still get the fucking course record.
2: I have to finish the story. I haven't told that on here. I don't think.
0: Well, go I'm, for it.
2: I'm playing with Mitchell. He grabs me in the cart. He's like, I don't know why. I just woke up today feeling like I might set the course record. And I was like, damn, hey, dude, that's sick. <laughs> so we get up to the first I didn't,
0: tee. I didn't hit a fucking – know I hit a few range balls, I guess.
2: Yeah, we we go to the first tee, and he's like, do you mind if we uh, – because we're playing in the DNVR league, so we usually play one up from the back. He's like, do you mind if we play the tips just in case something crazy happens? I'm like, hey, man, let's do it. And, what I what like, I've never – I don't see Mitchell hit – Like really bad shots. Like I'm just used to him just buttering one down the middle and on the number one tee, he just yanks it like 60 yards left. Into the road. Just rolls. It's a downhill road. It probably went it was probably like a 700 yard drive.
0: Even the starter said something about you can probably go get it out of one of those people's yards like down at the (laughs) bottom of the hill. I was like, thanks a lot dude. I just fucking snap hooked the shit out of it. actually the funny part was I had like a six footer for par and I missed it I hit then I piped the next one I hit like an eight iron five or six feet and just missed the par putt so I ended up making six on the hole with an OB drive but yeah that I I don't think that's necessarily a good omen to step up and be like yeah I think I'm gonna set the course record I think I probably learned my lesson there
1: (laughs) So yeah, you're the the perfect example of one of our TikToks. Is exactly what you were. Where's the first teen, What's the course record? And then you, and then you hammer one ca- into a backyard. I'm capable.
0: I'm capable, but yeah, I I don't disagree. It was not a great look for me. Not a not a not the way I want to represent myself going forward.
1: It's a good story.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was a great story.
1: Oh yeah, and and I I do want to say thank you to uh, everyone for all these submissions because. A lot of the times I know for me, if I get to even like seven and it's and it doesn't matter and I'm not in a tournament where I'm keeping my score, that ball's getting yanked. That's like, you know, putters picking that ball up. I'm wedging it into the smashing it into the trees even deeper and walking off like it's it's just not going to happen for me to write down an actual even 10 plus on my scorecard anymore. <laughs> it's that's a move on or like that's a we'll get them on the back nine type around. Or head straight to the bar, type around. 100%.
2: I'm disappointed we didn't get the story from Vic. I, I tried to pry for it because I saw his submission saying he made a 16, which is higher than any number we've seen. I, I think we saw from anyone else in the comments. But maybe we can have him on one day and, uh, and pry that story out of him.
1: Oh, absolutely. When he's on this podcast, that's going to be the first thing that's brought up. And it may be the only thing that's brought up if he wa- walks out of there after we ask him why he, why he made a 16. But yeah, that's, I just, it's rough, dude. That's, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've, I've definitely probably made one in my life, but once I get to, you know, once you start, it doesn't always, it doesn't seem as bad. Usually once you start counting it, like if you have a bad hole, you're like, ah, that was you know, that was really bad, and then you start counting it and you're like, oh, okay, maybe it was only an eight, only a nine, but a sixteen is like that's like four holes in in one.
2: If I know Vic though, he is a stubborn man. So I'm yes. sure he was convinced he couldn't hit the shot and just kept hitting it and kept hitting it and kept hitting it.
1: Yeah, and so for all those of you guys that didn't know the Tin Cup reference, please go watch that movie if you like golf at all. It's great. Uh, basically, is it Costner? I'm not very good with actors. Yeah,
0: yes. Kevin Costner.
1: Yeah, so Kevin Costner is in a, uh, playing a golf tournament, and he keeps just having his caddy hand him ball after ball after ball, thinking he can hit this five wood over the water, I believe. Um, and he and sometimes you just can't do it, you know. You get you get in your There's head a lot more like,
0: to the movie than that, but yes.
1: <laughs> well, well, I, I, you know, it's been a while. I'm not a big, I'm not a big movie guy, but it's worth worth the watch. Let's put it that way.
0: It's a fantastic movie, probably in my top 10 of all time.
1: Oh, all right. Big, big. uh,
0: uh, Is that like a
1: hot take? No, I don't. I just don't remember it. You know, it's just not one of my, it's not one of my most memorable movies.
0: It's a a classic. I think it's right up there with Happy Gilmore, if I'm being honest.
1: Is it the one where, isn't that the one where he like starts out on the Texas driving range? It's a giant pile of shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's like a West Texas driving range pro and. I I don't know. Maybe it just hits a soft spot in my heart because I feel like I'm the same kind of person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mitchell and Mitchell and Kevin Costner. Yeah. Twins. in life.
0: There's so many parallels. It's insane. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even begin to talk about them.
1: All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for joining us. RK, thanks for joining us for this episode of Big Drive Energy. You guys. Quick, quick
0: shout out to Nelly Corda for winning the U.S. Olympic gold.
1: Um, yeah, get, let's get different.
0: into a little Olympics before you wrap this up. Okay, so I uh, we wanted to talk about this earlier. We just hopped right into kind of shit show that ensued. But Nelly Korda took home the gold. I want to say shooting 17 under. Yeah, 17 under for four days. Shot a tournament low 62 in the second round. And then finished with two 69s on the weekend. Nice. And took home the gold for the U.S., to sweep the golf Olympics for the entire world, we are the best golf country in the entire world, hands down.
2: Let's go.
1: We have all. Don't we have all four of the last majors too? No, we don't. We don't have the Masters. I'm an idiot. We oh have the last yeah, two you, majors. Yeah, foot and mouth there, but foot good and mouth. One. That, I do that a lot. Well, before I do that again, appreciate you guys all listening to uh, Big Drive Energy. Uh, thanks for RK for joining us. Don't forget, guys, we have the DNVR kickoff classic coming to you September 3rd. The Buffs play that day. Just take the whole Friday off. It's the weekend, it's Labor Day weekend. You know, I you're recently wa-
2: learned the Rams also play that day.
1: The Rams also play that day. So we got CSU, we got CU. Labor Day weekend, you're going to want to take that fourth day off and get the party started early. So head over to the DNVR.com under that DNVR kickoff classic. You're going to be able to sign up a foursome. You can sign up just as a single and we'll pair you with some other DNVR members, some awesome people. Um, there's also whole sponsorship signs available. So if you can't make it to the tournament, but you want your company uh, to be shown there to all the DNVR members and, and guests that are playing in the tournament, you can do that too. So head over to the the dnvr.com, find that kickoff classic, sign up for that, take the day off, come have a party with us. We also got we've got a ton of stuff as far as giveaways, prize bags for the tournament. The winners will be receiving each a brand new Callaway golf bag. So we got a lot of stuff for you guys. So please hope you come out and join us. Once again, that's the to sign up. And if you have any questions, you can always hit us up at thegolfros at DNVR, at the dnvrcom So once again, RK, thanks for joining us. Mitchell, thanks for joining me. And for this episode of Big Drive Energy, we'll talk to y'all guys next week. Peace. Peace.